this is one of those um, um, hard things that we need to hear today, I think. And I'm going to say it to you right up front. And I want you to get mad at me right away. If you think that you are close to God, if you think you're a goody-two-shoes Christian, if you think you've made it to where you need to be, I'm going to just point it out to you real quick. You're not. If you have quit growing in Christ, if you think that you don't have to do anything more, if you think you can be who you are right now, you're wrong. And we as Christians need to quit calling ourselves Christians because we hurt each other and we treat each other terribly. And I'm not talking about other churches. I'm not talking about other denominations. I'm not responsible for them. But I am talking to you. You know how I know that you're not there? Anybody want to ask me? How do you know that, Floyd? Go ahead. Thank you. Because I'm not there. Amen? If anybody thinks they're there, come and see me because we'll look at God's word where it says, don't be arrogant. So Jesus is walking along the road. And in Mark's gospel, three times they try to, in this journey that he's on right here, 12 times actually in the whole book of Mark, but in, the, in this chapters 10, 11, and 12, three times they try to trap him. And he does very well with his answers. And this last time, he does even better. But this Pharisee, who just saw the Sadducees put in their place, walks up and asks a much different question. He asks Jesus. Now, you and I might not know God's word too well, but let me tell you what this Pharisee did. In those days, the Pharisees knew the word. You have to trust me on that. It's like, the, it's like the Jewish people today still know the Torah. If, if you are a, 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 a good, solid Jew, faithful Jew, you know the Torah by word. Because you have to learn it before you can become into the, into the temple and participate in, in the worship of God. At 12 years old, you have to recite it to the priest, to the rabbi. This Pharisee came up to Jesus and he said to him, what is the greatest commandment? Now, I imagine in his heart, he thought that was a valuable question. And I want to tell you, that's a question you and I should ask every day. What is the greatest commandment? Now, I'm sure that in those days, there were 613 commandments. And they had greater and lesser commandments than those 613. And they debated them all the time of which was greater, which was lesser. Okay? So he comes to Jesus and asks him the same question that they probably ask every day in the temple. And he says, which commandment is the greatest? And I imagine if he had given one of those 613, they would have had a lot of fun with him. But he didn't. He went back to Deuteronomy. Are you with me? Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's read it. Let me read it with you, okay? 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And I think there's also with all of your strength in some versions. And these words that I command you, Moses is giving these words he got from God. These words that I command you today shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Right there, boom. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. My friends, that's the word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. We have another scripture too that we're going to talk about here in just a second. That's Mark chapter 12, if you have your Bibles. Um, The Jesus Creed is what I want to talk about. Jesus gave us this creed, one that we ought to learn to live by. Let me take you to Mark. And um, show you the scripture here. One of the scribes, the Pharisees, came up and heard him disp- heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that Jesus answered them well, he asked them, "Which commandment is the most important of all?" Jesus answered, "The most important one is here." He went right back to Deuteronomy. "Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart." Now, now listen what Jesus did there. Is he looked at that Pharisee who was concerned about the wrong thing and he, he gave them doctrine and, and um, devotion in his answer. He said, you should love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You, are, you have truly said that he is one, that God is one, that there's no other beside him. And to love him with all the, all the heart and, uh, uh, and with all of our, the understanding and with all, all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all the whole burnt offerings that we give and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. That's where I say, that's what I want you to know. We are not far from it. That's what made me say what I said at the very beginning of this. If you think you're in the kingdom, you're wrong. You're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask Jesus any more questions. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time that we can look at your word. Help us to stay focused on it. Help us to hear what you have to say to me personally, to you personally. Um, help us to, to um, grab this word and not just hear it, but become doers of it. And we pray this in your son's name and for his glory. And all of God's children said, Amen. And I pray your servant's words would be nothing more than your, son, than your words. Um, Jesus gives a short commentary to this Pharisee and he says the most important thing in this world is loving God, loving others, and loving yourself. And I want to try to do this in the time we have left to give you some creedal thoughts on what this means. And I think um, it should remind us of who we ought to be striving to be as we live out our faith in Christ. Um, The first thing is we need to understand how great God is. 
We need to, in this creed, Jesus says that we need to understand that there's only one true God. One true God, one true Lord, one true Savior. If we look at anybody else, we're, any other way, uh, we're wrong. He gives it flat out. There's no, no uh, um, well, there's this thought. He just says, God is one. God is him. He is it. And, and um, I'm going to say this to us because we need to hear it. God is God and Floyd's not. This is all about Floyd today, by the way. I don't want to point fingers at anybody else. But if you think you've got everything under control, you're wrong. You think I got everything under control when I think I do? God reminds me that I don't. God is God and I'm not God. No matter what happens in our lives, we need to understand that if we're going to live out this creed, the first thing that we need to do is to understand that God is God. That he is in control of everything and I'm not. That he's the one that loves me more than anybody else and I can't love anywhere near the way he does. I love you guys dearly. But I'm way short. Way short. I can't even begin. 50 years ago when I was sitting in a prison cell, I didn't even understand what love was, period. Today I think I understand it a whole lot better. Amen? But I still don't have it. I fall short so much. You should see how far, far I fall short in understanding what love is and how to, to receive it and how to give it. And it's all because I don't have God center. The only way that we can, that we can truly understand this creed is to have God as the center of our lives. If he's not the center, we've already failed. And I can tell you if he's the center of your life or not. Just give me your checkbook. Amen? I'm sorry. Your checkbook will tell you what the center of your life is. Hmm. We need to learn if we are going to be that, and I use the word Christian, and I'm going to change quickly doing that. I'm going to, if we want to be that disciple, it's so hard to be a Christian. It's even harder to be a disciple of Christ. If we are going to be that disciple that God really wants us to be, we need to continue to understand how great God is. We, we need to understand that God is God and he loves us more than we can ever imagine. And we need to put him first in every aspect of our lives. The second thing we need to grab a hold of in this, in this is that um, fundamentalist statement that is hard to grab a hold of, but it all revolves around love. If you hear Christ uh, say to this disciple, he says, yes, you've got to have the doctrine of having God first, but then you've got to have the devotion to love people. To love, period. Our problem is, is when we think of fundamental, um, we think of fundamentalist as in a, in a negative sense, but we need to be fundamentally wrapped around everything that we do is wrapped around love. And our problem with fundamentalists is, is most of the times when we see a fundamentalist, I saw one the other day, and they made sure to tell me that I was wrong and they were right. But I didn't bite. I loved them too much. <laughs> They're going to tell you real quick how good they are and how bad you are. 
fundamentalists are going to tell you how saved they are and how unsaved you are. <laughs> Isn't it true? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, in every area of our life, we, um, we are fundamentalists. We are fundamentalists and we get trapped and we sometimes think that what's more important in this world is um, being socially right. You know, making sure that we understand that, that um, we're right when we say that there's uh, no, no um, partying after 6 o'clock for any teenage girl, you know. Amen? You parents with me on that one? I could go a long ways on that one. But, um, we're right, uh, and, and our key focus is on, um, today it's on gay marriages. That's not right. Don't do it. And we focus in on that. And then we hate the people that we're supposed to love because of this or that, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. We just throw them aside. I'm telling you, in this church, in this community, I've seen us throw people away because of who they are. And we forgot that the most essential part of our ministry is to put God first and to love no matter what. I'm telling you, this is really difficult for me to say to you that we're not there. And I don't think any church is there. I don't think any believer is there. But I'm not talking about all of them. I'm talking about us. To be who we ought to be, we need to know that all people will know us and know us as disciples of Christ if we love one another the way we're supposed to. Just go to John chapter 13. You'll see it there. We are to love our top priority above. You see, this is what I'm saying. There's no way we can love if God is not first in our lives. We will never We need to quit trying to submit to his will. We need to quit trying to obey him. Those things really are second place if he's not first and we're not committed to loving no matter what. No matter what. If we want to develop a creed today that's important to live by this Jesus creed, we need to make him first and make love our top priority. There's another one that you see in here if um, you grab a hold of it and it's the value of people. It's the value of people. This creed talks about how important people are. How important people should be in our lives. As a young Christian and a young pastor even, um, my secretary and I had to go to a, a meeting and, um, and to my surprise, there was this young man there, another pastor, um, that I was um, involved with immensely in different groups and people in the conference. And um, <laughs> he came up and was talking to me. And when he walked away from me, my secretary looked at me and said, Oh, you don't like him, do you? And I didn't. I didn't like who he was. As a pastor, I didn't like the theology he pro proclaimed, and I didn't like his attitude towards people. And at that moment, when she said to me, 
when she said to me, oh, you didn't like him. Would you ever think you would put that out? Your body would say, oh, get away from me. I don't like you. That's what my body said to him for about 10 minutes. I know who you are. I don't like you. Just go talk to somebody else. And when, when she said that to me, my heart was broken that I would, I would uh, be that obvious. And I said to the Lord at that time, that'll never happen again. Because I'll make sure that I never dislike someone like that. I've done my best. I can't tell you I've succeeded, but I've done my best. Amen? You see, that's what I'm talking about. Everybody's important. Whether you like who they are or what they're, what they're about, it does not matter. People, people matter, my friends. And the way we treat them tells the world around us whether we're a Christian or a disciple. It's a strange thought that you and I think we need more programs. We need to do this and we need to do that to reach out to people. When it's not the programs, it's not the church, it's not the building, it's not anything. It's about us loving them. Loving them. And this creed tells us the people matter and we need to look for ways to help them. And let me tell you another quick story. was in this church for oh, almost nine years and a um, large church and there was this family that didn't like me I don't know why I'm such a lovable person and and everybody in the church literally knew that didn't they Phyllis Ann everybody knew that they didn't care too much for me and that was okay it was okay. I put them on committees, uh, cared for them immensely. Remember I said I would never, never not like anybody to take away that they mattered in life. Well, one day uh, she was in a car wreck. And um, I had a faithful secretary who called me and said, you know, she's been in this wreck. Uh, do you want me to call somebody send them to the hospital <laughs> that was the response you want me to call somebody and send them to the hospital I said no I'm on my way I got to the hospital and she's in the um, emergency room you know and they let me go in and see her and I went in and when I went in she jumped back in her bed you know you could see her go back and she said oh what are you doing here I said well my friend I came to pray with you and to lift you up and to pray for your family because this is not good she had not major things but enough stuff you know it was a bad wreck she was quite surprised what bothered me more than that we had a great time had a great prayer um, when it was all over with and she was out of the hospital and I'd been to see her four or five times <laughs> she didn't like me and that was okay it was okay wasn't it it's okay the bad response was the people in church the people in church came up to me right in my face and said, I heard you went and saw her. And I said, yeah? If you're in a hospital, I'm going to come see you too. I know, but you went and saw her. You know why? It was obvious. Everybody in the world knew that they didn't particularly like me. And that's okay. Is that okay? 
But she mattered. In God's kingdom, she matters because God is first and we're supposed to love above everything. And understand that in God's kingdom, in his creed, people matter. Amen? Mm. Let, me, let, me, let me give you one last one that's even more difficult. I've had a hard time with this, friends, because it's, I'm not talking to you at all today. I think, I'm, I think the Holy Spirit is talking to Floyd. Because I think the one thing that we hear in this, this pericope of Christ's word... I hear Christ say to us that we are special. Now, let me, let me flesh that out for you a little bit. There's this guy that <laughs> I hate to tell you, I have such a, I have a terrible problem with him. I mean, literally every day, he is a pain in the butt. <laughs> and, and I'll say to him, I'll look at him and say, you, you know, this isn't the first time you've done this stupid thing. And he looks back at me and he says, I know, and I'm sorry. And I always look at him and I say, quit stinking saying you're sorry because I don't believe you and nobody else does. Huh. He's nothing but high maintenance. Nothing but high maintenance. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? And I look at him every day in the mirror. Yeah. I look at him every day in the mirror and say, you are nothing but a crazy person, a failure. You're nothing in the kingdom of God because that's what Satan wants us to believe, isn't it? God, on the other hand, says, no, you are just as important as everybody else. And you've got to learn to have respect for yourself and who you are and what you're about. And that's why I say to you, I want you to know this, that if we don't love God first... And understand the, the volume of the love that he has for each and every one of us and that we are to um, compensate that love by giving it to other people. If we don't have those things in, our, in place, the problem of it is is because we don't know how to love ourselves. Because if we're going to love other people the way we love ourselves, oh gosh, we don't like ourselves very much, do we? Are you all with me? That's hard, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard, my friends, to love your neighbors, let alone love them as the way you love yourself. And the only reason I can have any semblance of loving myself is because of 50 years with Phyllis Ann, 50 years of being with Christ and learning how to, to love beyond my own understanding. I guess if we're going to jump into this creed, we need to become our own best friend and understand God's grace in our lives. I got a question. Did you guys ever hear of Earl Pitts America? Earl Pitts American? He's from Kentucky. You never heard him? Oh man, I, I listened to him every day when I was in seminary. On my, well, every day on my trip to seminary and back. I would listen to him. Um, Earl Pitts American. Yeah. 
He said, I get so mad at our government, I like to suck the yellow right off of a school bus. <laughs> he was nuts. He was nuts. He decided that he would uh, play a little game one day and uh, call, have the third caller. It was 106 something. He'd have the third caller for, I think it was for over a week. He, um, he, the question is, what did you think about today when you woke up? The very first thing you thought about. And, uh, and if you were the third caller, you got $106 if you told him what you thought about. Okay? <laughs> so he had all these callers come in and said, you know, well, I, I thought about the Cincinnati and were they going to win? You know, this was when the Reds was playing good. Uh, that's a baseball team, right? Yeah, that's a baseball. <laughs> um, and he had all kinds of things like that that people were thinking about. Uh, one of them was uh, um, a woman woke up and she said, uh, I asked my husband if I let the dog out last night. <laughs> and he stepped in something and you could hear it in the background. No. <laughs> she won $106. It went on like that all week and into the next week and uh, this caller answered, and he answered, and he says, Hey, you're the third caller. Tell us what you thought about yesterday, or the first thing that you got up this morning. And the caller didn't say anything, and he said, Do you have something you thought about it? And the guy said, You really want me to tell you what I thought? And he said, Yes. <laughs> so he told him. He said, I thought of the great Shema. And he said, today, Lord, I'm going to love you with all of my heart, mind, and soul. No, that wasn't the radio station to hear that on. And Earl Pitts hung up on him. Didn't give him the $106. So my question to you is, what was the first thing you thought of this morning? What's the first thing you're going to think about tomorrow? And I guarantee you, and I'm not being judgmental because I'm thinking about Floyd, it probably won't be, Lord, help me to honor you today. Help me to worship you today. Help me to um, be a reflection of your love. Help me to do that. Farthest thing from my mind. You know why? Because I got other things to do. Amen? You hear that? When young priest, one young priest um, said to, uh, was, was being interviewed by some other friends in the community and they said, what do you do in your daily walk? And he says, well, I do everything you do. I go to the hospitals. I, I uh, do Bible studies. I, I, I visit with friends. I, I meet people and then I do what the church pays me to do. I study God's word. And one pastor looked at him and he said, uh, does love come anywhere in your relationship with that? And he said, oh yeah, somewhere. Every pastor you would talk to, you would ask them. They wouldn't tell you love was first. I can almost guarantee that. There might be some out there. I, I'm sure there is. I'm seeking to be that pastor. I'm seeking to be that disciple. Amen? Intentionally, we need to put God first. We need to get him right there. Intentionally, you and I need to make love our top priority no matter what. And I always hear people saying, but you don't know my neighbor, Floyd. <laughs> you don't know his dog. Oh, she likes to leave presents in our yard. 
You don't know my neighbor and how they stay up all hours of the night and all their engines roaring. and You just don't know. Doesn't matter, does it? In the scheme of things, it doesn't matter where to love and look for ways to help them. And then, if we're going to do this, my challenge to you is become your own best friend and start loving yourself so you can love neighbors like that. Let's pray. God, our prayer is that you would forgive us again today. Again today, forgive us because we walk around thinking we're okay. Impress upon our hearts, whether we're sitting here at home in the parking lot, wherever it is, that we're not there, that we're not there, Lord God. Impress upon our hearts that we need to put you more in our in our lives as first place, not second, third, or fourth. Impress upon us that we need to seek that love that you have for us and then share it with everyone. Learn how to really, really, truly love our neighbors and help them no matter what. And then help us, Lord, to understand who we are in your kingdom. And we ask this today, not so we can be goody two-shoes, but so we can be used by you even more than we are already. Hear our prayers today, humbly, as they come to you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And all of God's children said, Amen.